Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We ask you that you anoint your word to us this morning, Lord. That the words we read will not just be words on the page, but Lord, they might be a living revelation of who you are, Lord. We just ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to tell you a little story to start with this morning. Bless the Lord. It's lovely to be with you and to you, you to be with us. <clears throat> you, may not, you may have heard my testimony before, but it's worth repeating it because it's the power of God which is within me. And the thing is that as a young man, I was just starting out on an, on an experience of leaving school or college as I was in. I was in Chelmsford Technical College. I left with virtually nothing in the, uh, the realm of uh, certificates or anything like that. <laughs> the only thing that I uh, aspired to and achieved with any sort of... Uh, certification was woodwork uh, but I was in good good company because Jesus was a carpenter I didn't know him then um, but he knew me that's a marvelous thing isn't it <laughs> even when we don't know him he knows us hallelujah and that's the wonderful thing so there I was I, I my my sister wanted me to be an auto-dentist uh, or an optician uh, mechanic, you know, uh, putting together glasses and all the lens work and all that. Um, my dad, who was an engineer, wanted me to be an engineer. Uh, and we happened to have a friend uh, who was um, involved with a, a company you may have known it, West Horndon, it was called Rotary Hose. Uh, it was a company that made agricultural equipment. And uh, it was the first run on the ladder. I was 15, I left school at 15, because I, I was one of those people that was really early in going to college. I went to college when I was 13. And I came to that job uh, as an engineer and I was put to work in a workshop where they did prototypes. I don't know whether you know what a prototype is. It's, it's the first, the, uh, first uh, putting together of a design. Um, I worked there for about nine months, had various experiences, but they put me to, to work with a man called Dave Toole uh, who was a, quite a character. But the main thing that he aspired to was in the Manor Mission, which is down in London. He was the leader of the Bible study. Not Bible study, the Bible, the youth Bible. 
meeting. Uh, and believe it or not, that little church down there had 50 boys and 50 girls. Uh, and he invited me along. Well, the opportunity of having 50 girls was quite attractive to me. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. but <laughs> So I went along to this uh, Bible class. I was a, a very rebellious sort of person. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into. And there was all these people that seemed to be quite uh, religious. Uh, but the upshot was, uh, in the factory one day, I asked God to come into my life and reveal to me what all these people knew, uh, reveal himself to me. And he did. And I was saved. Uh, and we used to go to all these events in town. Big speakers used to come, the Albert Hall and uh, Westminster Central Hall. And on a Friday, uh, on a Saturday night, we used to go to London. A group of us, sometimes we went on the back of a A-series Ford truck. It was, you know, it was a, just a full truck, didn't have a roof on it. We sat in the back of this truck. There'd be sometimes 20 or 30 of us sitting in the back of this truck going to London. Uh, I don't know whether anybody ever seen those trucks, the pre-war trucks. Uh, there was a program used to be on television in the early days. Uh, forget what it was called now, but these people used to go around just like we did in the, one of these A-series trucks. It was a smoky affair. It, it, it was a miracle it got us there and a miracle it got us back. But we had a wonderful time together. Uh, and that's the area where I got saved. Now, the church that we were in at that time didn't acknowledge the Holy Spirit. They spoke about him. He was somebody afar off. Uh, he wasn't a person. Uh, they didn't explain to us all the theoretical things about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I, that was how it, things were until about 1958. I was saved in 1952. So it was six years that I was taught in the Man of Mission, and what we were taught was real good Bible stuff. But it didn't involve an experience with God in a spiritual way. It was all the Word. And the Word's good, because it was a great foundation for me. It's a bit like Paul. He had the Word, and he, um, when he got really born again, he, it came alive to him. He realized who Jesus was. He didn't, he was blind. Right up until that point, he didn't realize that Jesus was the Son of God. But when he got, had his experience on the Damascus Road, suddenly his eyes were opened in more ways than one uh, to what the message of the gospel was. And it was I'm not putting down the church. I'm very grateful to them. We used to host all the visiting speakers. They used to come to our house for lunch on a Sunday. Um, all those things, very good, good grounding. I knew the Bible. 
but I didn't know Jesus in a real way. And I was invited along, a special speaker at the Elim Church in Langdon Hills came, and I was invited to go to that meeting. Now, I was always a bit cagey about the, there. I'd been to the church before, but they had all this talking in tongues and all this other stuff, and it frightened the life out of me, to be honest. <laughs> to, to hear words that was, were, were spoken, uh, it was quite, it wasn't really in my remit of things. But I went to this one meeting when they had a visiting evangelist, and he spoke about, it's Luke chapter 17, and just one verse, you don't need to go there, verses 20 and 21, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And that changed my life. You see, up until then, the whole of my religious experience had been external to me. It wasn't within me. And you know, when it's talking about the kingdom of God, it's talking about Jesus. It's talking about him being within us. And something happened to me. And I started going along to prayer meetings, uh, which were sort of, we were involved in open air work with the Salvation Army. We were involved in all sorts of things. But I started to go along to prayer meetings of different people came from different churches. Uh, and there was a, a more spiritual uh, situation there. And almost within a six months, I was filled with the Spirit. The Holy Ghost came upon me in me. Uh, that was in 1958. God revolutionized my life. And we carried on going to the Manor Mission at that time. And there was only one person in that church that was filled with the Spirit. His name was Mr. Cordell and Mrs. Cordell. Um, and we had this little secret going on between us and them about the, the spirit within. Uh, and it was, it was very difficult, because we loved that place. Our children had grown, grown up there. They'd been dedicated there. Um, we loved that place. But we found we had nothing in common any longer, because the Holy Spirit had come into our lives. And he'd done something revolutionary. And it was a bit of a a walk. We went to a series of meetings in Pitsy at Gun Hill, the church there. There was a couple of evangelists came to that meeting and they revealed to us a little bit more of the miracles that happen when the Holy Ghost is present. And we hope all sorts of things happen there. The pastor's wife got a healing for her sight. She threw her glasses, she jumped on them and stamped on them and broke them, broke them, broke them all up. Quite, uh, quite uh, shocking to us. <laughs> things happened, and things happened within us. 
And uh, we were being prepared for something more in our lives. And the wonderful thing is, God does that with you. He makes you hungry for more. We became hungry for more. And there was an advert in the local paper. It said, revival meetings. And we were, we were by that time, we were hungry for revival. We, 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 there was a move of God going on. There were all these great men in uh, America that we were receiving recordings of, the wonderful things that God was doing, A.A. Allen, um, Oral Roberts. There were about a dozen of them. These things, making us hungry for more of God. And we saw this and we thought, well, we'll go. Now, it was in Norfleet. And in those days, <coughs> there wasn't a tunnel under the river. The only way to go to Norfleet was to get the ferry from Tilbury across to Gravesend and then get a bus from, from there. So that day, about a dozen of us went, didn't they? And we got on this bus, Tilbury Ferry it used to be called, it's now the 100. Um, got on this bus, we went to Tilbury, we got the ferry across, we um, got the bus on the other side and we went to the, it was an army drill, it's army camp. And we, we went to this meeting, we got in there, and what a shambles it was, as far as we were concerned. The people spouting off in the Holy Spirit and giving words, and there was one man who was a butler to some lord in London. <laughs> he, <coughs> he started giving a message in Old English, really. It was, you know, it was quite, he was very posh. Uh, but he was a man of God. Albert Hibbs was his name. I always remember him. It blew our minds away. What was happening? And that was, this was Henry and Connie. It was their meeting. Uh, after 30 minutes, Andrew started crying because he was only one year old then. Well, he wasn't that really. And we, we had to leave because there was much, so much noise. And we, we, said to, we said to each other, if God was there, he wouldn't have been crying. <laughs> How religious we were. <laughs> but you see, we came back here, we got the bus back and all came back, and laughing and about the meeting and how sort of free it was. Uh, just generally poking fun at them, because it was rather different to anything we'd ever seen. But that's God, isn't it? I'll tell you what, we got back and we all sat down on sun, Sunday, because we used to sometimes, on the Sunday afternoon, we used to have a meeting together, all the people that were hungry for God in Langdon and Basildon. Um, and we said, we felt something. We felt different. 
30 minutes in one of those meetings. We felt different. So what did we do? We invited them to come to Basildon. That's the end of the story, really. Our lives were changed completely. The people that we had fellowship with in the church where we were saved and grew up thought we'd gone off the planet. They thought, well, that's the end of them. (laughs) But you see, the wonderful thing, it wasn't. We'd moved on. We'd come into something new. It was the Holy Spirit. And I thank God that he sent us the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's, It's what that man was talking about. He was talking about Jesus in the, on the inside of us, working on the outside. You see, up until then, we've been looking out for Jesus. We've been looking outwards, uh, as you re- if you continue to read that, Luke, you'll see that they were looking outward for his coming, the second coming. This, that, that's where the chapter is, is come from. But the thing about it is, Jesus is within us. And the only Jesus who you really get to know personally is the one that's within. That's the wonderful thing, you see. We have this relationship. It talks about it in, in the Old Testament. It says, we have this treasure in the earth and vessel. That's our, our body. That the excellency might be of him and not of us. Hallelujah. That's the wonderful thing. You see, God changed our lives. It took a lot of years before the people in the church came to terms with what had happened to us. But the upshot was uh, David Toole, the one who led uh, me to the Lord indirectly by working with me at this factory, he came into this, this wonderful realm of the Holy Spirit. He came to one of our meetings. And then he realised, and he said it to us, we thought you'd gone to hell, but we realise now you went to heaven when you left. We didn't want to leave, but we couldn't stay any longer. And this is a wonderful thing. And David was a trustee, David Turl was a trustee of this little chapel here. So in 1978, when it was closed and all derelict, we came here 41 years ago and we've been here ever since. God gave us this place. We searched. That year we'd been searching for a place from God. We'd been all over the town looking. We'd been in, previous that year in 1977, we had been in the, ta- in the um, hotel on the front at the South End, the Palace Hotel. We'd had a meeting there for some years on a Sunday afternoon. But we said we, were, we, had to, we lost the venue for that meeting because they were going to turn it into a bar, the hall that we used to use. The, the owner wanted to turn it into a bar, so we had to leave. And we said to God, 
We want somewhere where we can be secure, where, which is our own. People can't kick us out. And, and that's what God gave us. Within a year, we had this place. And wonderful times we've had here. But it's all comes back to that one thing. Jesus on the inside. Working on the outside. You know, and that's the, what, the, the greatest thing that could ever happen to us is to have that relationship with Jesus where he lives within us. That's all he came to earth for, is to live within us. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you somewhere else now. John 14. Sixteen, verse sixteen. <clears throat> well, verse fifteen we'll start with. John fourteen, verse fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. That means the one commandment, love your neighbour as yourself. And all the others fall into place. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Bless the Lord. John 15, 26. And then he continues to talk about this comforter. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Isn't that wonderful? When the Comforter comes... He testifies of Jesus in us. Hallelujah. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? When we allow the Comforter to come in us, there's a testimony that goes out to the world about Jesus. And it, we have this saying, don't we? It's all about Jesus. It's not what we know, it's who we know. It's not what we have, it's having Jesus in us. Hallelujah. It's a living, breathing experience. Then we continue with John 16, verse Seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. 
For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not of me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Aren't we privileged to have this relationship with God through the Holy Spirit? You see, I had a relationship when I was born again but it was a relationship of knowledge, of the, what I learned, what I'd been taught, which is a good foundation. I don't, I don't decry having a foundation. But without the Holy Spirit, it's not alive. This word is only perceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only re revealed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the wonderful thing is, I've found over the years that the things that were revealed to me when I was in the 20s by the Holy Spirit, there are so many layers on that word. Hallelujah. There's a, always, when you read this Bible and you understand it, through the power of the Holy Spirit, there is always a greater truth there that you have not, it has not been revealed to you. That's why we continually read this book and until you get revelation out of it. It's not many books that you read that you can get further revelation out of. But this book is only revealed to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We might know it parrot fashion. You see, when we've read it, when you've read it like I have for 60 odd years, or 64 years I think it is now, sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't, you don't have to open the Bible to, for the Holy Spirit to talk to you about it. Because it's embedded in your being. It's, it's just like Jesus. He didn't go around quoting from the from the Old Testament, he knew it. He was, it was in him. And this is the wonderful thing. When you have Jesus in you, you have the Word of God in you. You have the ultimate power that comes through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He can give you a word. Like this man, he, when, he got, when he gave that word that night, which changed my life. Amazing. That word, that revelation. He probably wasn't even preaching what I had revealed to me. 
this is the amazing thing. You don't actually... It's not by preaching that it happens. It's by the Holy Spirit revealing the Word of God. That's why the Gospel is so important. When we preach the Gospel, the Holy Ghost comes on the scene. And he reveals in heart and minds who Jesus really is. I wouldn't be standing here today if the Holy Ghost hadn't revealed to me, personally, in, my, in that factory, that day when I was working in the tall room, when I was walking about in that room, the Holy Spirit was there. He revealed Jesus. I was, I'll be quite honest with you, I was totally opposed to everything religious. It just didn't interest me. But when Jesus came along and revealed himself to me, that was the, that was the thing that changed my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, you see, this is a wonderful thing. The Holy Spirit comes to reveal Jesus. Hallelujah. And he comes to give you a reality that nothing else can do. He comes within you. And it's real. Hallelujah. We used to have a saying amongst us when, when there were a lot of us together. He knows you know. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit gives you knowledge that is above the earthly. You know God in a different way when the Holy Spirit comes on, on you. You see? Up until the time when I was filled with the Spirit, I only knew about God. But when the Holy Spirit came, I knew God himself his son, through his son, Jesus. Jesus used to say to them, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is a wonderful thing. When Jesus came into my life via the Holy Spirit, I saw the Father and his love for me. All the things that he'd given me over the years through revelation, the revelation of his, his righteousness through faith. What a revelation that I no more had to struggle to please God. Just being in his presence is all he asks. Hallelujah. You know, I wonder why I sing the, those songs about I love your presence, Lord. Because I really do love your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the only way you can enter his presence is through the Holy Spirit. Now, you might say, well, I don't know why I don't get that <coughs> revelation through the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know whether I'm filled with the Spirit. If you don't know you're filled with the Spirit, just get hungry. Hallelujah. There's not one of us that can fill you with the Holy Spirit. The only person who can do that is Jesus. Hallelujah. The place where I got filled with the Holy Spirit was in somebody's lounge. <clears throat> and it was a very debatable sort of place. Because what I learned about the person who prayed for me afterwards was quite disturbing. He wasn't the sort of person that I would really want to pray for me to be filled with the Spirit, to be honest. 
when I got to know him through the power of the Holy Spirit. But God is not limited by people. If you're available to God, he will use you. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people that are available to him. And this man prayed for me. And I got something that he didn't have. Which is amazing. I got freedom. When, God pr- when he prayed for me, I got freedom. Hallelujah. I got, in, I got an open vision. I knew Jesus. And I was able to di- discern spirits immediately. Immediately I got filled with the spirit. I started prophesying. I have a prophetic gift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Immediately I prophesied that there would be a great revival. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm still, the fact that I'm here this morning, I'm still, I'm still assured in my heart there's a powerful revival going to break out in this country before Jesus comes back again. I have no, I have no shred of evidence naturally. In fact, I think in some ways, the signs aren't, aren't as good as they were when I was first filled with the Spirit because we had all these great spiritual giants, all Roberts and all these people. Giants of God. We don't have too many of those nowadays. But God is not limited by people. And God seems to choose to do things through people He says he takes the things that are not to bring forth the things that are. Hallelujah. That's why this man who prayed for me, I don't think he ever stood in freedom. But I got it. And I had many conversations with him about it. Hallelujah. But he prayed for me. Prayed for lots of people. He prayed for Shirley and she shook her and put her off of being filled with the Spirit for a a number of years. She got filled with the Spirit when nobody pushed and pummeled her, didn't you? The Holy Ghost, she didn't even know whether she wanted it after being pushed and prodded by this man. Did you? Confirm. (laughs) But it it came in the way... that's That's the gracious thing about God. He allows himself to be moved by us. She, she said she wasn't ever going to be filled with the Spirit by being pushed around. And God gave her it in private. He gave her a private session. Whereas me, it didn't matter to me whether they pushed me upon me or whatever they did. When the Holy Ghost came, it was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, I believe we all need more of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You can never get enough. You can never get enough. That's the wonderful thing. There's always more. If you're not hungry, you won't get anything. Hallelujah. But as your hunger, you let that hunger reach out to God. Hallelujah. That's why I love that song. Lord, I hunger for a mighty move of God. Lord, I'm thirsty, pour out your Holy Ghost. 
Cause I'm meant to be the president Who I'm to be I'm angry for the move of God Hallelujah There's more <laughs> Let's go to Acts Chapter 1, verse 5 and verse 8. It's what Jesus said. It's amazing. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days. Hence, verse 8. And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Isn't that wonderful? And I've been a few places since the Holy Ghost came on me. And... Uh, I think the amazing thing is wherever you go he's there. I've not been to the moon yet but people who have <laughs> tell me he's there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amazing, isn't it? I know when I first went to America uh, I was amazed. The Holy Ghost was there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been to some places and he's always there. Hallelujah. He's always working. See, that's the thing with the Holy Spirit. He's always moving on. And if there's one thing that we need in this church, it's to move on. Hallelujah. With God. I thank God for his spirit. Hallelujah. He doesn't ever give up working. Hallelujah. Amen. God is moving by his spirit, moving in all the earth. Signs and wonders when God
just work in the spiritual realm with me. I was set free physically as well. In fact, my life, my physical life paralleled what the Spirit was doing. Hallelujah. What he inspired me in the spirit, he inspired me in my vocation. Bless the Lord. I had no ambition at all until the Holy Spirit came upon me. Physically, I had no ambition. To, but God, when the Holy Spirit came upon me, he prospered me in every aspect of my life. And this is a wonderful thing. God is not just interested in having a spiritual being. He wants you to be a, a, a somebody that's, that's blessed on all levels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, the scripture's very simple. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. The mind works the opposite way. The mind works, well, give me this God and I'll do that for you. But it doesn't work that way. He prospers you as your spirit prospers. And I thank God I've never lacked anything. Hallelujah. And there's always ideas going in my mind in the natural as well as in the spiritual. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I left school or college with absolutely nothing. But within five years of being born and filled with the Spirit, I had the equivalent of a degree. But I didn't go to university. I, I worked up the hard way. Night school and all the other things. God did it. You see? Hallelujah. And I, I have an ambition for you guys that you might prosper. Father, I pray that this church might prosper both spiritually and in the natural realm, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That people will look at us and say, hasn't, a God, hasn't God blessed those people? We need to be a living example, a living epistle, read and known of all men. We need to be pillars of wisdom, before God. We need to understand who God is and what makes him tick. Father, help us. Open our eyes and open our ears that we might hear and see the re reality of living in you, Lord. I pray for each one in this place that there'll be a, a visitation of your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. In every life and every heart, Lord Jesus that you'll set us on fire for you, Lord Jesus. 
through the power of your anointing and your Holy Spirit. Anoint your people with fresh oil, I pray, Lord Jesus. We ask it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're not finished with me yet, and you're not finished with us here in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you, you're the God of new beginnings every day.